Welcome to this episode of the Frank DiMazio Leadership Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And if you could, share on your own social media. That'd be great. Much appreciated. I'm going to be recording today a message that has to do with your life, my life, and all of our life in light of a crisis, in light of pressure, in light of things that we live through. I'd like to remind us about a scripture from the book of Lamentations, and I will entitle the message, Keeping a Grip on Hope. Lamentations was written by Jeremiah after his world had fallen apart. The world that he had lived in, the world that he had known, collapsed. That's why the book Lamentations is a lament, a passionate expression of grief or sorrow, with weeping, praying, crying out to God. That's why Jeremiah is also called the weeping prophet. Jerusalem has fallen to Babylon. Everything has changed. Jeremiah's life will never be the same again. And so he writes a lament, a lamentation. And in our Old Testament scripture, we can read from this book of the Bible and learn a lot about the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, and a perspective that this prophet had on the collapsing of his own world and the grief and the pain and the sorrow. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 through 24, in the message translation. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember. The feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They've created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. This scripture from the prophet Jeremiah and his lamentations about his own crisis and his own world is very significant to ours and our world and our life. Life itself has many different kinds of crises and pressures. It can be relational, financial, mental. We have physical, we have suffering. We have sometimes national and international suffering, pain, and crisis. Jeremiah had experience on every level the different kinds of pain and emotional stress that had come to his life. And in doing that, in pinning the book of Lamentations, Lamentation 3:19 through 24, it's such a powerful encouragement to every person who needs to keep a grip on hope. Jeremiah talks about the taste of ashes. He says, the poison I've swallowed. I'm hitting the bottom. But I remember. And in remembering, he says, I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love cannot fail. And his mercy never dries up. They're created new 
every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We hope. Hope is the confident expectation and firm assurance of things that are unclear, unknown, things we can't see and haven't received. Hope opens door where despair closes them. Hope is something as important to us as well as water is to a fish. Hope draws power from a deep trust in God, the deep roots of the tree that draws up this faithfulness of God and this power of God. The root of that tree is hope. Hope is as vital as electricity is to a light bulb. Hope regards problems, small or large, as opportunities. Hope is as essential as air is to the jumbo jet. Hope is the road to our dream, your dream, my dream, and to get out of a situation where we can't see any future and the pain has piled up upon us. Hope presses on. Hope says I can find a meaning in loss and suffering. I can find a meaning in the present circumstance. And like Jeremiah, we can say, I keep a grip on hope. For surely one thing I remember, and in remembering, I am saying again and again, that's what Jeremiah says, your love can't run out, and your mercy could never dry up. How great is your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got. How great is your faithfulness. Jeremiah says we keep a grip a grip is the act of firmly grasping something, seizing it, holding tightly to something of great importance. That's our message today. We keep a grip, we hold on to this thing called hope. Like Jeremiah, we find a grip on God by finding a grip on the hope that we have in God's character and God's faithfulness. And we don't let go, and we won't let go. We will not loosen our grip. Like a mountain climber who must find a place to grip the rocks as he climbs, his whole life is dependent upon that grip. Faith, hope, and love. Get a grip on the right things, these things. Let go of your grip on things that you should not be holding on to. Past hurts, fears, bitterness, loneliness, you want to lose your grip on those things. Fear, for sure, is agony and will cause mental stress. And so you need to keep your grip on the right things, on God, on the Scriptures, on prayer, on the Holy Spirit. Like a swimmer who got lost in the waters and is drowning and a lifeguard reaches out to that swimmer and grips his hand, that's how you have to see hope. You never stop believing in hope because miracles happen every day. And God is the God of miracles. We hope, hold on until the pain ends. When the world says, give up, hope whispers, try it one more time. A single thread of hope is a very powerful thing. Isaiah 41 and verse 8, again in the message translation, says, Don't panic. This is a great word of encouragement to every person who faces the 
pressures and the sufferings and the times of life where we feel like we might be drowning in the sorrows and the losses or in the pressures. Isaiah 41.8 says, Don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear. I am your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady and keep a firm grip on you. Now, this is the reversal of what I'm saying is that we keep a grip on God through prayer and through the Holy Spirit, through our voice crying out to the Lord, and we don't let go. We keep a grip, even though it seems like maybe we're losing our grip. Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 41 verse 8 says, but God doesn't lose his grip on you. He has a grip on you right now that is firm, and he will not let go. So even if you find yourself slipping, remember, God won't let go, and God will never give up on you. Hope and keeping our grip on hope, it's a triumph against pessimism. Pessimism is a very ungodly thing, and it's a very strong mental bondage that can happen to people. Job 7 and verse 6 says, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. This is what we call, in Job 7, 6, pessimism. Proverbs 23, 7, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he, eat and drink, he says to you. But his heart is not with you. Pessimism sees the worst. Pessimism expects the worst. Pessimism is an inclination to emphasize adverse aspects of everything, adverse conditions. Possibilities are to expect the worst possible outcome in a situation. That's a pessimist. The doctrine that reality is essentially evil. The doctrine that evil overbalances happiness in life. And so you can expect the worst to happen to you because there is evil and there is a world culture and there's a devil and there's all these things working against you. If you're not careful, you can become a pessimist, whether you're a believer in God and Scripture or not. Pessimism is a very dangerous mental attitude. Defensive pessimist is one who sets low expectations with continual worry by rehearsing all the possible negative outcomes of their expectations. So they actually expect bad things. They actually have continual worry by rehearsing all the possible negative outcomes of their expectations. This is living in deep fear and is living in an attitude that will rob you from everything that is good in life and good that has been promised to you by God and by the scripture. A pessimist is the tendency to emphasize the gloomiest aspects of everything and to expect the worst to happen because that's all you can see. If you're surrounded with people that are pessimists, they're going to feed your fear. They're going to feed your negative attitude. They're going to feed your negative confession. And before you know it, you're saying everything that is like a pessimist would say. Pessimism is entrenched habit of mind that has sweeping and disastrous consequences because it will cause depression. It will cause you to resign yourself to evil and things that you say, you say in your heart and you believe that you can't change. And so if you're not careful, you'll start sounding like a pessimist. Here's some quotes about pessimism. One who, when he has the choices of two evils, 
He chooses both. A pessimist is one who feels bad when he feels good, for fear he'll feel worse when he feels better. Wow, that certainly is not a great attitude to live with. A pessimist is never disappointed. They count their troubles and forget their blessings. Pessimism leads to weakness. Optimism leads to power. A pessimist can hardly wait for the future so he can look back with regret. A pessimist is an unhappy person because they don't have enough trouble. They don't have enough bad things happening to them. This is why I say to you, let go of pessimism. Don't keep a grip on being a pessimist. Don't keep a grip on a person who thinks always wrong and expects wrong and, and never sees anything good come in their way. And before you know it, you start interpreting life and even the scripture itself, you start twisting it around to think that you're cursed or judged or bad things are going to happen. Prayer doesn't work and nobody loves you and nothing's going to happen right. And all of those thoughts, I want you to at least listen to me today and maybe believe that I'm telling you the truth, that God is still a good God and God is still in control and God is still working on your behalf and God has never given up on you even when you give up on him. God doesn't judge you for your shortcomings or your weaknesses. He gives you grace. He gives you help. He gives you mercy. Keep a grip on God. Keep a grip on hope. Our hope is what? It's in God's goodness. We can smile through our tears, rejoice in our suffering, and know our end is not the end of the story. Your valley, your situation, is not the end of the story. We have hope to press on, end well, and our hope is to finish strong. Hope is faith holding out a hand in the darkness even when you can't see beyond the darkness. Hope is being able to see that in spite of all the dark things that are happening, God is able to do mighty things, even in the darkness, even in the problem. Psalms 42 verse 5, Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Psalms 130 and verse 7, O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption. Our hope causes us to be what I would call a biblical optimist. You begin to develop an attitude of optimism. You can start right now, today, this moment, as you're listening to this podcast, in your car, wherever you're at. As you listen to this, maybe I can put a seed of faith into your heart, into your spirit, that you can become a mighty optimist and you can influence your own health, your own attitude, and you can influence all the people around you. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you. Okay, I'm going to take Jeremiah 29, 11, and I'm going to believe that this is what the scripture says to me, and God has plans to prosper me, not to harm me, plans to give me what? A hope and a future. Psalms 29, 
also in many of the Psalms. We could start quoting many of the scriptures besides Jeremiah. And, and we could talk about David's hope. We could talk about Moses' hope. We could talk about Joshua's hope. We could talk about Ruth's hope. We could talk about the Apostle Paul and what he says about hope and what Jesus says about hope. All of these people had a grip on hope to, to believe that the best was yet to come. God was working on their behalf. And this is what I'm saying to you today. We must accept finite disappointment but never lose infinite hope. The only disability in life is a bad attitude. Renew your mind through the Word of God. Forget the mistakes of your past. Defeat is only a temporary setback. Don't get stuck as a victim. Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for good. Begin to say what the Scripture says. Put the Word of God on on you and your attitude and your heart and your mind. Let yourself reach out and grasp these scriptures. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. This is what we call a biblical optimist, optimism. It combines hope plus faith into synergy. Believing God is at work for your best. What do we do? We trust God's sovereignty. We trust God's plan above our circumstances, above all of our negative thinking, above what other people are saying, above what the news is saying, above what the newspaper is saying, above what anybody might be saying. The Word of God is above everything, and the Word of God is true, and the Word of God is trustworthy. Biblical optimism believes good things are coming your way. And for you to begin to declare that, not only for yourself, but for everybody around you, that you see God's goodness and you're encouraging people to keep a grip on hope. And you're a hope dispenser. You're a faith dispenser. You're, you're a person who lifts up the attitudes of people. You're a person who causes the darkness and the weird negative pessimism to be uh, somehow beat off of their mind and beat out of their life. You're the person that delivers them. Be a deliverer. Be a hope dispenser. Be a lifter of spirit. Try it right now. Text somebody, email somebody, call somebody, talk to somebody, and say to them, God is still in control. God is sovereign. God has a plan. God is working on our behalf. The scriptures can be trusted. Read to them Lamentations chapter 3 and talk with them about keeping a grip on hope and, and never let go. His mercies are new every morning. Hope causes the person to become resilient. Job 14, verse 7, at least there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again, and its new shoots will not fail. Job 14, 7, pass it on to somebody. Get it into your heart. Even if the tree is cut down, there's hope that that tree might still live again. Even for the scent of water, even if you chop it down, the roots can be refreshed by a drop of water. Our water is scripture and faith and prayer. And even if your tree has been chopped down, I'm saying to you today that that tree doesn't have to stay chopped down. It can sprout again. Job 14 verse 7, we are believing that we can become resilient, the ability to become strong and healthy again and to oppose a bad mindset 
everything loth, everything that can come my way. A man put a sign out in front of his house after the great Chicago fire where he lost his business and he lost his home. He lost everything. So he put a sign in front of his house and the sign said, everything lost except my wife, my children, and my hope. Business will resume as usual tomorrow morning. We call this an optimist, a person who has a grip on an attitude. Everyone else could have been doing so many millions of things with their life and their attitudes on that horrible day. But this man put a sign out for everybody to understand, even if the tree is chopped down. Just the scent of water, just a drop of faith or hope can cause this business to sprout again and this home to sprout again. Habakkuk 3, verse 17, 18, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no fruit, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. You're the person who controls your confession and your attitude. You're the only one that has the power over what is going through your mind right now. And you can make a choice. You can make a choice to be an optimist. You can make a choice to be a hope person, a faith person. Life doesn't get easier, but we get stronger. Life has its setbacks, but we're resilient. You may see the struggles, but you're never going to quit. Why? Because you're resilient. You're the tree that's going to hope again. A resilient optimist thinks differently. They remove the poor me mentality, the martyr syndrome. They remove the quitting talk. They remove that giving up talk, and they move on in faith. Micah 7, verse 8, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Psalm 24, 16, a righteous man may fall seven times, but they get up again. No matter how often honest people fall, they always get up again. If you quit, it's because the devil has put in your mind that it's over, but it's not over. And if you quit once, it can become a habit where you keep quitting under pressure. We redefine our circumstance and our pressure by not quitting. May the Lord give you a grip on hope today. May this podcast have uh, an encouraging effect upon your spirit. I thank you for listening. And if you can please share on social media with friends, I would love for you to leave a uh, rating review on iTunes because that helps the podcast and gets it out to more people. May the Lord bless you. May his face shine upon you. May hope overcome you. May some fresh water come upon your roots today. And may today be the best day of your life and the beginning of something great happening in your spirit. God bless you. This is Frank Tomazio on Leadership Podcast saying thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.